Good morning for Wednesday, August 19, 2015. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on today's front page. Inflation robs Russians of buying power. Upstarts raiding giants for staff in Silicon Valley. And Trump paints GOP in corner on immigration. In today's national news, Obama proposes reductions to methane emissions. Poll finds most support providing healthy school meals. And a tempting marker gets a new identity. In today's business headlines, China keeps still eager investors guessing. The FDA approves a drug for low libido in women. And a roundup from Wall Street. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Ramanskoya, Russia. Inflation robs Russians of buying power. Written by Sabrina Tavernis. A basic barometer of economic activity in this town south of Moscow is the pirozhok, a small pie filled with cabbage and meat that is a staple of the Russian diet. In good times they sell briskly, but sales are down by almost half, a gloomy reflection of Russia's economic slump. There were just physically fewer people, said Irina Safanova, the shop's owner. We used to have lines, she said. Now look at it. Russians are experiencing the first sustained decline in living standards in the 15 years since President Vladimir Putin came to power. The ruble has fallen by half against the dollar, driven by the plunging price of oil. As a result, prices of imported goods have shot up. Making matters worse are the retaliatory bans that Russia placed on food imports after the United States and the European Union imposed sanctions for its actions in Ukraine. Russians are paying a third more for sunflower oil, a fifth more for yogurt, and three-quarters more for carrots compared with a year ago, according to government statistics. Inflation has reduced the purchasing power of Russian wages by more than 8% in the second quarter, according to figures published by Russia's central bank at the end of July. And the economy contracted by a steep 4.6% in the second quarter, compared with last year, and officially entered its first recession since 2009. It's horrible, said Elena Sheropbokova, a 47-year-old shoes saleswoman whose income, based in part on commissions, has fallen nearly a third since last year. She says she now shops at discount supermarkets. It is not clear what, if anything, this means for Putin, but the trouble pales in comparison with the turbulent 1990s when wages fell by nearly half. In a draft budget released in July, the Ministry of Finance proposed halting the practice of raising pensions to keep up with inflation. Investment has collapsed since the Western sanctions, which also blocked Russia's ability to borrow on global markets. They have no way out, said Sergei Guriev, a professor of economics at Sciences Po in Paris. Unless oil prices go up, Guriev said, they're really looking at a dead end. Putin's opponents argue that the nationalist talk washing over Russia is being projected by the government to distract attention from the fragile economic situation. 
they describe it as a battle in every Russian home between the television, the source of government propaganda, and the refrigerator, whose shrinking contents could eventually prompt discontent. In Moscow, some in the educated upper class agree. All that Ukrainian noise covers up our internal problems, said Maria Novachkova, a manager in a textile company. Her company has put employees on four-day work weeks. She cannot afford to vacation abroad because of the weak ruble. He says we are an ideal country, but we are not, she said, referring to Putin, 